nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and I am here with Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And I'm very excited. Today, I'm here with Dr. Penny Wheeler, President and CEO of Alina Health in St. Paul, Minnesota, and Nancy Sawyer, an RN, who had worked with Dr. Wheeler on the OB floor. Our title today is Doctors, Nurses, and Healthcare Working Together. I think I've been pretty clear about my bias toward relational workplaces as being healthy for all concerned and especially healing for our patients and clients. For many of us who have not had the fortune to actually work in a humane and functional environment, it is always good to get a peek at what that looks like. So before we hear about that, I would like to warmly welcome and introduce to you Dr. Penny Wheeler, President and CEO of Alina Health at St. Paul and Nancy Sawyer, RN and founder of Garden of Sleeping Angels, a place of healing for parents who have lost an infant. And uh, just a a background for those of you who have been following me for a while, Nancy has been on uh, twice before. (laughs) So she she has been a great contributor. So uh, Dr. Wheeler, would you give just kind of a short bio of how you got to be in this situation. Sure, I'd be happy to. And Leanne, it's really great to be here with you and Thank especially you. great to share this with Nancy Sawyer, one of the nurses with whom I respect so greatly. So so I'm really fortunate. I'm, uh, I say that I've been with Alina Health for 59 years because I was born at uh, one of our hospitals, one of our 12 hospitals, Abbott Northwestern Hospital. And that's where I got to practice as an obstetrician gynecologist for 20 years. And it was through that um, and through kind of the uh, wonderful care that I saw a provision that I thought, gosh, how could I support this care in a different way and touch more lives? So I got into progressive roles about quality improvement and physician leadership roles and ultimately became the chief uh, clinical office for, for the whole health system, uh, large health system Which is serving large. about it's about <laughs> one in five Minnesotans we get to serve here. So it's it's yeah. very it's very wonderful. And uh, then became uh, CEO, president and CEO. Surprising to me, um, I got to tell you um, about, I call myself an accidental CEO. Surprising to me, that happened about four years ago. But it's really, you know, in service to, you know, really try to do all I can. I work for all the employees of this wonderful organization and how I can, what I can do to support them in what we try to do together. Yeah, kind of clearing the way so they can do their work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And Nancy, just give us a quick bio of how you got to be here. I have been with um, basically Alina since since 1970 and prior to that as a a nursing student. And so I have run the gamut in terms of relationships with physicians from uh, being introduced to a patient as Mrs. Sawyer uh, or or Snyder before then. And I'm Dr. Suchin or other. And uh, I want to throw this in because I think it's so important. Uh, all those years of being the underling in the patient care system, uh, Dr. Wheeler's group was the first group who really showed me that there is a much a much broader piece of the relational um, element of patient care, and that she uh, brought nursing in as partners 
and it changed my my role in nursing totally. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Brought them in as partners because I had a lot to learn from them. <laughs> that's that's what the way. So. so that's great. Um, so Dr. Wheeler and Nancy obviously are not only old friends and have worked together. Um, coming from an OB background myself, I know how close the relationships can become while waiting and worrying together over patients and their babies. Nancy has been able to do some inspiring work due to, in part, the support of Dr. Wheeler and many, many others at Alina Health. So, Nancy, I know you've been in, involved in lots of projects, but if you could talk about something that perhaps um, uh, you were able to work with Dr. Wheeler and other people and, and in the inspiring work that you do. But what Leanne is talking about and referring to is our uh, nonprofit, the Garden of the Sleeping Angels. And the way that started was um, as uh, when Abbott and Northwestern merged, um, um, we, with that came high risk obstetrics. And uh, with high risk, unfortunately, came loss. And I, I just found uh, that I was able to uh, work with patients and families who were going to lose or had lost infants and help heal uh, and to give myself to that. And what I would do thereafter is um, plant a rose on my property for the babies who had passed to, again, heal me and, and just kind of baby keep that baby in my uh, memory. And I really ended, I, I, I can't tell you exactly how it happened, but it just felt like the space is so unbelievably healing for me and anybody who comes on the property. And uh, so we created, my husband Tom Sawyer and I created the uh, series of 13 gardens devoted particularly and specifically for people, patients, families who have lost babies. And it's called the Garden of the Sleeping Angels. We currently have 90 babies memorialized on our property. So that's, it's just been a, a, a real blessing. And Dr. Wheeler was a big part of, of my uh, establishment, you know, establishing a, a kind of a, uh, a healthy relationship in a sad situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I, again, a pleasure to be here with Nancy because we say that we're an organization that stands for whole person care, mm-hmm. caring for people not only just in terms of their body, but uh, what actually... Um, they're driven to do spiritually and what emotionalities and what connections to the community they had. There's nobody who embodies this more as as does Nancy and several of the, the wonderful nurses I've been able to work with through my career. But uh, Nancy always brought her talents and compassion and expertise to every situation. But it was particularly salient. I think all of us who are involved in people who lose infants, um, you know, never forget it. Those are photograph memories for all of us. Um, because you realize that uh, a loss at that time uh, in life is represents not only the loss, but the loss of all hopes and dreams mm-hmm. um, for a life not able to be lived. Yeah. Um, so it's a really devastating thing. So when you can help and your job is, and actually you know, your gift, as Nancy has, is to actually enable people to heal through something so difficult, uh, it's it's a tremendous gift indeed. And then not only to take it to that, but then to say heal further by creating this garden where people can reflect and honor the children that ha- they've lost and their families can come together in that way. I mean, uh, again, Nancy's our whole embodiment of whole person care and going above and beyond what is necessary to make sure that people don't suffer and heal optimally. 
So anything else you want to add in there? Oh, I, I'm really kind of, um, thank you so much for that, yeah. Penny. It's, it's um, great. Now, we do things as nurses and as human beings that feel right to us. Mm-hmm. And we don't always know where that direction is going. So this, this profession for me has been an incredible opportunity and a blessing. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be, you know, and be able to offer what we, we have in the situation we're in. So I can really relate to what you're saying. Um, my mother lost several babies um, after me. Hmm. And um, at seven uh, years old, I really wanted another baby brother or sister. And I didn't really know about some of the earlier losses. And then as I got a little bit older, she was able to share with me. But she never was able to have children after me. And that hmm. was a really difficult thing for our whole family. And you think about, you know, that was during the time when, you know, it was just very kind of sloughed over. The the fetus or the, the um, remains were taken away from the mother immediately. Yeah. Uh, rarely did the mother ever see or have any, you know, possibility of connecting to that child that she was already um, very intimately connected with. And um, just about uh, a month ago, my mother celebrated her 90th birthday. Oh, wow. And one of the things she said is she still thinks about those babies that she lost. Mm. And so, you know, that, that ability to heal starts with the permission that the nurse and the doctor give you um, at that time. So I've had so many losses, and it's like one just builds on the other. It isn't... Yeah you know, that the earlier ones go away or something like that. Each is an equal loss, and they sort of only almost multiply. So I, it was actually one of the reasons I went into obstetrics is I wanted to understand what happened to that. And um, as a seven-year-old, I decided I had broken her somehow that she couldn't have a baby after me, and I, I carried this thing in my brain for so long. But um, to have a place like what Nancy is offering is just such a wonderful thing. Is there some place somebody could contact you or some way to find out about this, if that's something they would like to know well, of about? Of course. We, we have a website. It's www.gardenofthesleepingangels.com. And uh, I've, uh, a lot of our um, uh, my, my relationships with people have come through word of mouth. Um, I'm never sure who I might meet in the grocery store and... You know, the sequence of events is just amazing to me in retrospect because you can't plan these things. They're so in they're so in um, in people's future uh, and just just so yes. I'm and my phone number's on on the website. Now we're in uh, west of Minneapolis, about 20 minutes. Really pretty easy to get to, and are now beginning to look at. enlarging our vision and clarifying our vision to include memorial services for families Uh, it's just there's no end what we can do and this is totally non-profit right this is just out of the goodness of your heart and your husband and Mm -hmm. opening your your land right so it's a wonderful thing Uh, we are going to take a break here Uh, we are talking about nurses doctors and healthcare working together and um, dr Uh, penny wheeler uh, President and CEO of Elina Health in St. Paul, and Nancy Soria, the RN and founder of the Garden of the Sleeping Angels, are here with me today. So we will come back in just a couple minutes. Please join us. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are. In the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Thank you so much for coming back or staying with us, however it works for you. If you're just joining us, I wanted to make sure you know that uh, today we're talking about doctors, nurses, and healthcare, and working together, how that all works together. So I'm here today with Dr. Penny Wheeler, President and CEO of Alina Health in Minnesota, and Nancy Sawyer, RN and founder of uh, Garden of the Sleeping Angels, a place of healing for parents who have lost an infant. And we've just been talking mostly about um, uh, my brain just went to Nancy's uh, garden that has been out on her own property and she's opened it up for people and uh, as a place for healing uh, in, in an area where so many people don't get permission to um, do that healing, uh, especially if the loss is in the earlier stages. Many times friends and relatives, you know, well-meaning will say, oh, you know, it's it's time to move on. It's time to you know, you'll have more babies or whatever else they want to say. 
But we're going to move a little bit different here. And uh, I'd like, um, Dr. Wheeler, if you could talk a little bit about your personal career and kind of how that has moved along yeah. and your connection with nurses. Yeah, well, you know, again, I think I think from the time that I was in 10th grade, I thought I wanted to do something in healthcare because I thought it combined science and human understanding, two things that I was intimately interested in. Then when I got out of medical school, you know, and really into practice, you realize you're thrown into all of a sudden, right? You train in separate places. There's nursing school, there's there's a medical school, there's pharmacy school, and then all of a sudden, whoop, you're thrown in together and you're supposed to work as a team. And uh, I had my greatest lessons learned in life were from my patients and from the nurses that I worked with. And so it was quickly, quickly... Um, uh, understood by me that you worked in a care team. And if you're going to surround a patient with compassionate and talented care, you need a team. You're not an individual contributor in this thing. You need talented people around you. So bless the nurses who helped to train me um, in that in that endeavor. And there's a story I often uh, tell, you know, just about the power of nursing um, and how, yes, the the big things. Um, nurses do and offer in terms of their expertise are important, but the small compassionate things mean a lot as well. So quickly, I had a patient um, who, by the way, says I can share this story. So oh, as we're okay. as we think of patient <laughs> privacy as yes. sanctity, you know, um, the the patient says I can share this. But uh, a patient who uh, actually uh, had uh, epidural place for anesthesia during her second um, pregnancy, about ready to deliver, and she had a cardiac arrest. Her husband was shifted into the room next door and uh, while she was being um, resuscitated. And a wonderful care team, nurses, doctors, uh, everybody who needed to be for the resuscitation. While she was resuscitated, um, you know, she was essentially comatose. In the next room sat her husband. And uh, a nurse seeing a need went in and sat with her husband and held his hand, told her he was, she was getting the best care possible and he was in good hands and uh, just sat there with him. So uh, good news is that after two days in the intensive care unit, not knowing whether she would make it or not, uh, Darcy recovered fully. We think it was for those of us in OB and amniotic fluid embolism, usually diagnosed on postmortem exam, but we think that's what was going on uh, with this patient. Um, her husband said that the thing that mattered most to him in that whole situation he knew that she was getting talented care. He knew she was in the expert place. They were in Abbott Northwestern Hospital, which had a stellar reputation for all of those things. But the thing that made the biggest difference in his life was that nurse, that nurse who came in and held his hand. And, you know, from hearing hundreds of stories, thousands of stories like that, where the big things and the small things nurses did change lives, yes. um, just uh, reinforced uh, the power of nursing to me. And in fact, I tell that story to every new employee uh, that comes in to, to Alina Health. We just welcome a group of new employees today. I told that very story, a mm -hmm. um, little longer version than <laughs> I told here because I don't want to take all the airtime. Sure. But uh, the power of nursing is something that was impressed upon me, you know, really strongly, which is why, and I think we'll get to this later mm -hmm. in the in uh, the storyline here that actually having some challenges as a leader in an organization yeah. about nurses, um, you know, also was the most challenging thing in my whole career as well, but yeah. more on that later. I am even more impressed than with you and with your uh, team. Uh, I have experienced uh, one time uh, a, a patient that came in with an amniotic embolus, and uh, I hope I, I never, ever, ever see that again. It's just 
haunting. Yeah. And um, it's one of those things that happens so quickly, and the reaction time has to be so even more quick that uh, for that patient to be able to survive that and be able to return to a normal life is absolutely amazing. So no. congratulations to That's you and true. to her and, and to her husband. So, yeah. So yeah, let's let's um, uh, move into. So you've uh, had lots of time to be acquainted with nurses in various different aspects. Um, how you talked a little bit about you know wanting to be able to do uh, work for patients in another way, and that got you into more of the administrative. Um, was that something that you decided or was that something somebody tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, you, you over here? Yeah, I think I got, you know, progressively, uh, you know, quite frankly, I was asked to be president of the medical staff at Abbott Northwestern Hospital. And I think I felt gender obligated because mm. no woman had ever done it before. Yeah. So I think that that actually drew me in. Okay. But as I got more and more um, involved in quality improvement activities, I thought, mm-hmm. gosh, we are have pockets of excellence here. What if we operated like this all the time and people yeah. supported the quality of care we did in a better way? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really how I got into it. First on the um, governing board of Alina Health, but then and chairing quality committee, and then you know I asked for things like you know as one of the doctors said, I think we're legends in our own mind because we're not <laughs> measuring anything to do with quality at that time. We had no yeah. now now you could argue yeah. we have too many yeah, measures yeah. of quality, but yeah. but at that time we weren't measuring things at all. And he said, I think we're legends in our own mind. So we started you know imposing some kind of like, well, how do we know that we're really as good as we think we are? Mm -hmm. And I think I was kind of a pain in the tooth then on the board. So they said, okay, you try it and you lead it. So um, that's it. I do get asked, you know, do I miss clinical care? And and my answer to that is every day. And part of that is because of the relationships like that I had with Nancy Mm -hmm. and so many other nurses in caring. I mean, what a gift. We get to really, you know, care for people and relieve suffering and make and an impact on somebody's everyday. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't get as many thank you cards as I used to get yeah. in my current role, but uh, it still yeah. feels like, you know, I'm basically an employee of all our employees um, to try to serve them and support them in the best possible mm-hmm. way. I've just really met you recently, but I can already tell that um, you really do get about everyone has something to contribute and even people that maybe you disagree with 100% there is still uh, wonderful connections that can be made so I'm, I'm curious about when you yeah. took over that uh, chief officer position uh, how did the other particularly I'm assuming there was probably a majority of male physicians that were you were working with how did that work how did you you know I, quite that? honestly they were pretty supportive I think that we I, we worked in a pretty collaborative environment where we were you know supporting each other in the clinical care so pretty supportive you and know maybe they didn't it want was, the jobs so yeah, maybe, happy maybe although there I wish and we haven't had as many uh, female physician leaders as I wish uh, there would be because I, I think diversity is important mm-hmm. gender diversity you know cultural diversity racial diversity it's important because because it allows us to actually think differently mm-hmm. from one another and it creates more creative ways you know to uh, improve quite yeah. frankly so i think that that's an important part you know uh, i don't know what you what you think nancy in terms of the the care teams and what is needed to make sure that there's a solid and effective care team I want to, uh, before i go into that opinion uh, just the word on the street when your name came up leadership was from the physicians, male, female, we trust her. Oh. Uh, so there's no surprise to anybody. I mean, the nurses, physicians, uh, 
anybody who knew Penny Wheeler knew that she did what she said she was going to do, that she walked alongside you. She wasn't anybody's boss, but always made decisions that made sense to all of us and included us. Mm-hmm. And that was what there was like, finally, there's somebody in leadership. Not that the leaders I've had in the past haven't, a lot of them brought a lot of wonderful things, but as, as, as I approach my really, really senior years, it's, it's so clear to me that um, we, every one of us has an obligation to be the best we can be to each other. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, that I found with patients and, and, and particularly working high risk when, when we round and we were in and out of the room, sometimes for months at a time, patients loved the teamwork, and, and, and I remember one person saying, I love that I can't tell who the doctor is and the nurse is. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. When you were talking, I was thinking about it. I went to a conference in um, Las Vegas many, many years ago, and the key speaker was uh, the doctor that basically invented external fetal monitoring, and you might remember mm-hmm. who that is, but I can't recall his name right now. Um, however, the very first thing he said at the beginning of his speech is he said, um, there is absolutely nothing we cannot accomplish as long mm. as nobody cares who gets the credit. That's very and good. And that blew me out of the water, mm-hmm. but, you know, to see somebody of that level and, and clearly, you know, um, having uh, an ownership of something as big as, as yeah. external fetal monitoring, which is at that point being used all around the world. And then, of course, internal fetal monitoring coming uh, right along with that. Um, just so many babies that have been saved, so many um, problems that have been avoided. But always, you know, when you're in a situation where somebody thinks they need to take the credit, it just ruins everything. And the ability of everybody to have that, um, putting their own thoughts in and being able to work, have you thought about this or what about this or let's consider that, and having everyone have the equal opportunity to put in a brainy idea that, um, you know, might come, I've had some brilliant ideas come from housekeepers and, you know, people no carrying question. the linen, yeah, you question. know, that I would never have thought. Well, they're, and they're all part of the care team. There's no Absolutely. question. I remember when I used to walk into the operating room, I used to say to the scrub nurse, I used to say, look, it, you're in here every day. I'm here like one day a week. Make sure you tell me if you see anything I can do differently or better. Yeah. And I they did. That. I love that. And they love it too. So we are going to take a break here. I hate to keep doing that. It just time just keeps uh, marching along here. So we are talking uh, about doctors, nurses, and healthcare, and working together uh, with Dr. Penny Wheeler, President and CEO of Alina Health in Minnesota, and Nancy Sawyer, who is the founder of the Garden of the Sleeping Angels. And we will be right back. Your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. 
Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and we are uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. And we've been having a very interesting discussion here with um, Dr. Penny Wheeler, uh, President and CEO of Alina Health in Minnesota, and Nancy Sawyer, a nurse who has worked very, very close with her over the years. Um, we've talked about a number of things, but what I'd like to go into now is any time in healthcare, um, and especially obstetrics is, is certainly uh, an area where it happens where not everything goes perfectly every time. And um, I think as people are having fewer and fewer babies and, and as people are more involved in their health, they just expect that it should go well every time. But it doesn't always, and there are many, um, uh, many situations also. We've talked about that bonding of nurses and doctors, but there are also times when there are big um, conflicts that happen that have to be um, uh, experienced, dealt with honestly, and then healed. And that's one of the things, uh, when I first uh, heard of Dr. Wheeler, was actually over a year ago, I think in 2016 in the fall, and I was listening to a Minnesota public radio station and there was a dialogue that was going on with um, Dr. Wheeler and one of the um, representatives from the uh, union, uh, Minnesota Nurses Union, but also the National Nurses Union. And um, I was just so impressed with the conversation and the, and the things that I was hearing from you that 
um, I immediately said, I would love to be able to talk to that Mm. person, never imagining there would ever be such a situation. But I know that uh, that strike was a very painful experience for everyone, Mm -hmm. anybody involved in any, even people that were previous customers, I know, felt the pain of it. And um, uh, I just wanted to know, how did you bring that healing back in? How, how How did you go from a place of disruption to a place of healing and connection again? Well, thanks, Anne. I mean, the first thing I'll say is you're you saying a painful experience. Absolutely true for me personally and professionally. I know it was the most difficult thing I hope that I ever go through. There is absolutely nothing worse than people you care about deeply thinking you don't care about them. And I think that that's what some of our nurses felt Mm -hmm. um, during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, We were trying to actually um, take a stance that would position us well for a future that would actually solidify, you know, jobs for the future. But it was looked differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a lot of lot of thoughts about, gosh, what does compassion look like? What Mm -hmm. does short term compassion versus long term compassion look like? And Mm -hmm. how does that look like? How do we be equitable to our employees, all of our employees? you know, in our organization, it was really a painful period. Um, and I don't think we, to be, to be frank, we haven't completely healed everywhere. We, we haven't, but, but, but I think we're making good strides. First of all, you know, if we don't translate our whole person, um, care that we want to, uh, give to our patients, to our employees, Mm -hmm. then we're making a failure. So how do we go about doing that? Personally, what I think, and I think I might write a book about, um, actually having thin skin as a leader mm-hmm. is the most important thing because what I've tried to do is say what don't I understand because I'm not working beside nurses day to day anymore and mm-hmm. get uh, what's stressing them what how their work has changed what's actually burdening them what's making them difficult what creates a sense of belonging to the organization and its mission and its meaning uh, vis-a-vis some some things uh, elsewhere uh, with uh, with the union, how can we come together? How could we think about doing this together in a very different way that we um, that was done in the past collaboratively? So I started doing things like I adopted a few nurses units. So I'd go to them and just to hear, you know, um, what what their concerns were. I started some. Um, some focus groups with nurses. So it facilitated and invited into my home. So I just started to understand and got more deeply into what the issues are. We as an organization are then using some of the insights from that to say, how do we better support the people we have? Um, you know, going forward, um, you know, and, you know, and having them actually equally understand what are some of the changes yeah. that are happening in healthcare? Yeah. And what's the context with we're facing? You know, it's constantly changing. The world is spinning faster than ever before in our worlds. So how do we as an organization make sure that we're actually, you know, um, doing the giving the best quality care, supporting our employees and giving the best care and being able to reinvest in them in the best way? To me, the money is just about reinvestment in the people and the care we provide. Mm-hmm. That's all that that, that is for. Um, it's really about the quality of care we can provide. So a very difficult chapter for, for us. We've tried to, I've tried to do things personally and we've tried to do things organizationally to help mm-hmm. heal and more importantly, to help mutually understand um, so that we can find a way to better collaborate in the future. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a, a question of you, Penny? Because, and this is, this is a total, um, I'm trying to be objective. Uh, what about those people who say to you, well, you can say all those things and that's great, but you have power and you have power over us as nurses. Yeah. And what? How are you using that power to your own ends? Yeah. 
instead of the organization and what about nursing and, and so on and so forth. So those are things that, that I think I'd like to hear your response to. Yeah, and I think that uh, what what I would say um, is that, you know, first of all, I am very uncomfortable with power. <laughs> to me, it's yeah. it's quite honestly all about service and not yes, about power. So that, that word even kind of is difficult. Um, but at the same time, you have to be able to use it for for good, if you're in a, if you have some kind of positional um, power where you're actually a servant leader, you still have to use the leadership part. And for that reason, uh, my consideration is how can we make the best impact on the community and the patients we serve? How do we position this organization for the long run? How do we support all of our employees going forward in the best possible way? And I have to have kind of a five to ten year look about how best to do that. And uh, as one of my counselors that I spoke to during this very dark and difficult time said, you know, uh, I said, I'm having trouble with this compassion thing. What doesn't look like short-term compassion, I really believe is long-term compassion, you know, and it helps support and preserve jobs and Mm -hmm. our ability to reinvest in care. Mm -hmm. Help me through that. So, um, you know, we still have a ways to go, and I think we have some mutual understanding to build, and we're trying to do so at a time where, as I said, the world is spinning faster mm-hmm. than ever before, and healthcare and healthcare, you know, changes and reform is, you know, the topic on everybody's mind. So, long answer to saying, you know, I, I hope that I use any kind of position I'm in to actually serve and serve well. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the best use of any positional power there is, is actually to support each other in our what is a pretty wonderfully remarkable mission that yeah. we have together. And the hardest thing, too, is that there's so much that has to be done long term planning. Um, you know, there are things that uh, if you are at the front line, you really don't know what's happening right. behind the scenes and in that long range planning. Right. Uh, what's coming down the pipe that, you know, we have no idea. And actually right now we're, everybody's in the same position because with so much um, dysfunction that's happening at the um, national level with our decision makers, there's so many things that have to be decided now for five years from now and, and it's all up in the air. So I don't know how you're even getting around that whole piece. Um, but I also know that I've, I've had the, um, I don't know, maybe um, the privilege of being both on that front line, feeling like you're in the trenches together and nobody really understands what we're experiencing. Um, and being in that situation where uh, I was injured many times and not able to continue being at the front line. And so I started um, helping out in um, the administration. And I saw the other side of the picture and was in on some of that planning that had to be done long term, the hard decisions that were made. I saw that those decisions were not being made uh, in a cavalier manner at all. They were, you know, being made with taking as much into such a, you know, into consideration as possible. I can remember being in meetings where there was flip chart paper, basically wallpapering the room, trying to figure out what are the weights of each of the needs of each area of the organization. And I realized myself as a nurse, I didn't know that, I didn't understand it at the time. And what I could see was my own situation and what was going on for me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I also had an opportunity at one point uh, when um, 
we were we were actually closing a hospital, and so we became more involved with the uh, uh, nurses association to be able to find some equity in how the nurses would be placed going forward. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to see again, you know, the painful decisions and efforts that were being made to make mm-hmm. that happen. And I just keep thinking if those people who are supporting uh, the nurses, like the nurses unions and nurses associations can come together for a win-win much more possible. I think that, um, we can have less of that painful experience going through. And I'm hoping that um, we can keep doing that. We're coming to the end of our, our show here, unfortunately, and I just wanted to ask each of you if there was one thing that you wanted to uh, share with nurses worldwide, what would it be? Is there one message you really would like them to get? Boy, I, I just want to say thank you. I mean, oh, I think okay. that the impact <laughs> of, of nursing is so powerful and so great on everything we're trying to do as a mission. Um, uh, you know, that's what I would say ultimately. And let's work together to make it better still. Okay. I'm actually enjoying this so much. Uh, I've uh, kind of jumped the gun here. We actually have a little more time. <laughs> so um, we're going to go to break here. And um, uh, we have been talking with uh, Dr. Penny Wheeler, uh, President and CEO of Alina Health and Nancy Sawyer, uh, founder of the Garden of the Sleeping Angels. And we're going to come back. I'm hoping that anybody who is listening would consider calling in, asking questions, sharing your own experience with some of these things, um, uh, working with doctors, working with uh, other staff that um, have been a positive experience or maybe even overcoming a negative experience. So I hope that you will join us on the other side of the break. Thank you so much. Your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. 
Yes, it is Leanne Meyer. I think I have my head back on straight again. And we are continuing this discussion about doctors, nurses, and healthcare and working together. One of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, on the break, we were talking about um, the fact that we, we sometimes look at people in a, what we see as a position of power as having um, control over us and our situation that may not actually be as true as we think. Certainly there are certain things that, that we on the front lines um, don't have control over, but we do have control over how we choose to perceive it, how we look at, okay, this is the situation that I have now, and what can I do with it going forward from that? So Nancy, you were talking um, a little bit about about kind of that, that um, how we can take power or or recognize our own personal power in the situation that we're in. I think um, I've been involved because I'm kind of out there, I've been involved in a lot of drama uh, in, in every walk of life, truly. Uh, but I, I deliberately brought that up to Penny because it's, it's a, a topic that happens to me. I'm very sensitive about it. Who's in control? Uh, what have they got to gain? And are we not ultimately uh, working for the patients? And uh, one of the things that has kept me walking next to Penny's, uh, next to her side is I've never seen her be manipulative or conniving or looking for power in any way, shape or form. And I really think that we need to uh, to address what you're talking about. We need to take over control of what our choices are. Is this, is this what we want? Um, um, do we want control over what our uh, profession looks like? Certainly. Do we want to partner with others? Um, and that's not having, nobody is above us, really. I mean, we, we can choose how we enter a conversation. But I think it's so important that no matter what the quandary is or what the discussion is, that be, we be respectful at all times. And, and really, what do we want? Do we want to be mean-spirited? Do we want to uh, really try to understand what the other person is thinking? And sometimes the question has to be, do you realize the impact that has on me as mm -hmm. a nurse or with Penny? Do you realize the impact your behavior has on me as as, as a leader? Mm -hmm. And leaders need to check in with, I mean, I, one of the presidents of Alina, um, uh, or I mean the president of Abbott at one time said to me, what makes a good leader? And a leader, good leader, checks in with the staff and is part of the solution. And you know, when we went to a strike a couple, um, a few a few times ago, one of the leaders didn't take sides. She welcomed staff who had passed, you know, had crossed. She she did. She welcomed the back, and everything kind of settled down. So it makes you know managers and leaders can, but you have to be part of the team. Mm -hmm. So it's well said. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about, you know, specifics. A lot of times when we kind of talk in generalities, it's hard for me to um, uh, kind of think about it. But I was thinking about a situation uh, that I worked in where I realized it's the everyday interactions that we have when we are being human and humane and kind to one another every day. That's actually what then plays into the crucial crisis situations. And actually, Nancy and I talked about this when we were talking about dealing with crisis. Um, you know, the everyday things we think, eh, it's just boring and ordinary and nothing's going on. But what's going on is building that trust and building that 
confidence in ourselves and in one another, that we can trust one another. Um, so that when that big crisis happens, and in my situation, it was a weekend um, where we, I was in OB and we were um, uh, over the 4th of July, every, lots of people on vacation, lots of people, um, we, were, we were counting on it being, you know, a kind of a quiet weekend, never count on that in OB. So, of course, we ended up uh, over, I think, about a six-day period. We had delivered three times the normal number of babies that we would uh, deliver in an average month. And so we were really, you know, trying to figure out in the moment, what are we going to do? And as we were reaching out to the nurses and they actually realized what the seriousness of the situation was, many of them left their vacation, left their families, whatever they were doing on you know, that time period, and came in and said, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And because we had built such a strong connection, I, I already, you know, as a uh, uh, the charge nurse, but I was also assistant clinical manager, I knew them well enough to knew what they could do and what we needed, and I could pair them mm-hmm. with what the job was. And I remember specifically, we needed to find a way to get more beds on our unit fast. And so one of the nurses who came in, I said, you... Um, figure out where we can take these patients, uh, mother and baby. And so that's what we did. We, um, she just took over. She found a, a, an ICU unit that had been closed for uh, several months. And she grabbed a housekeeper and a few other people. And she went down, got the whole unit prepared, um, worked out, talked with all the mother babies and said, you know, who's willing to do this, who's most uh, able to leave. Um, we certainly talked with doctors to see if some patients were capable of going home if they preferred doing that. We ended up having a communication system that was set up so that when the doctors came to the unit, they knew exactly where their patient was and mm-hmm. where their baby, if it was a pediatrician coming. And so we worked like that for the six days where people were just constantly, what can I do? How, here's what I can offer. Um, and it was just so amazing. Um, at the end of the time period, we had comments from the patients that were all stellar, like some of them didn't even know anything was going on. And others of them, you know, were just, oh, yeah, this care was just so wonderful. And we heard people laughing and enjoying each other, you know, behind the scenes. And, man, you know, we were feeling like we were just, you know, at the end of our rope and hanging on by fingernails trying to make this all work. Yeah. But it actually, you know, what could have been the most divisive thing, well, you didn't do it, why didn't you, and, you know, and, you know, maybe you did this and you shouldn't have done it, and all these kinds of things, we didn't have it. We were able to have a big pizza party at the end of it, reward each other, and one of the things that ended up coming out of it is um, we then sat down and said, if this ever happens again, what do we want to do? And so we planned Uh, ahead of time to prevent or to have it set up. So anything like that that comes to mind for either of you where? Well, one thing comes to mind to me right away is, uh, you know, getting back to the nurses strike is there is great gratitude for the people who were here caring um, for people. I mean, they were bending or backwards. Some would sleep on a mat, you know, air mattress in case somebody had a question because they knew without our own nurses who, with whom we had relationships Mm -hmm. that they didn't want anything if if they could control it to subtract from the quality and safety we had as an organization. Mm-hmm. So, and 
I would say that when the nurses return, when our nurses return, not only were we so grateful, but that relationship between the managers um, to the vast majority that the managers and the nurses was just really, really key to us being able to heal. So while uh, we're still working on a leadership part of you know continuing the healing, I will say that, and, and this has been proven out in our engagement surveys, the respect that people maintained because of our caring mission between the nurses and the, those you know wonderful nurse managers and other people who supported the care uh, was really profound. So even through difficult circumstances, we're basically all united again yeah. in that <laughs> same you know um, patient caring yeah. mission. And that was one of the things that uh, comes to mind for me. Anything you want to add? <laughs> no. No, it's one of the things that I have loved about working in healthcare because the people who are drawn to healthcare are the people who, who do want to give. And they want to give and give and they give so much of themselves. Um, and I just think that is such a fantastic place to work. It's one of the reasons I want to really invite anybody who has been thinking about what am I you know, going to do going forward, uh, millennials who have so many options of what they could do with their lives, to be able to consider healthcare, if you're somebody who really cares about people and has empathy and compassion and you um, are able to think on, on your feet, and um, I really like to encourage you to please consider a job in healthcare and certainly nurses is a wonderful way to go. Um, we are, um, we're coming down to the end of our show, really, for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to probably take us out here, but um, I'm just so grateful to be able to have had this opportunity to talk with you, uh, Dr. Wheeler, and also Nancy. Uh, every time I talk with you, I learn new things about caring and compassion and, and on from that. Um, so we are, uh, we are the once a nurse, always a nurse. Um, I keep talking to people who tell me again and again that that is so true for them, whether they are still in nursing but not doing actual nursing, or if they've been out of nursing for a while, um, they truly feel like once they are a nurse, they stay a nurse. So um, I would like to reach out to the people in the audience to um, think about partnering with me on keeping this show going, whether it's an idea you have for the show, if there's something that you'd like to contribute. Um, there are many, many ways of doing doing that. So as we go forward, I thank you for listening and um, supporting this show. And I appreciate um, all the people around the world that are telling other people about this. Thank you very much. And we will um, talk to you again next Monday. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.